Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us. It's our team-by-team analysis series. People have been waiting around for a week going, where the fuck are you? Well, guess what? Something's happening in life and you just have to wait your turn, ladies and gentlemen. But we are back. We're going to get a whole bunch of content recorded and out on the line. On the line? Is it on the line, Chris? It's what you do. You get a photo and you put it on the line. On on the line. Right. Great movie. <laughs> but uh, before we move on, it's the Insider 100. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, all the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. Down on the YouTube, Chris. Uh, yeah, search for Supercoach Insider. Been smashing it over there. And um, and thank you for everyone tuning in and all the comments as well. Negative and positive. We like them all. Yeah, I find it funny. Um, we sort of have a little bit of a play-by-play with people online and we don't really give a shit. And that's kind of our thing, right? So people want to give it to us. We just give it back. Like we don't care. So feel free to just go in there and hammer us. We really don't care. Um, I think that's one of our things, but it does get under other people's skin. So just be careful and selective about who you decide to attack out there in the uh, online community guys. I think that's, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. We get a lot more love than hate. So we do. um, Although someone's like, Oh, this team's got three premiums. Like this could have been kept to five minutes. I'm like, yeah, okay. But then you kind of talk about rationale on who's in, who's out and the changes that happens to a team. So some people actually quite like a more in-depth analysis instead of the hit it and quit it 20 minutes for two teams kind of shit. Like there is actually more depth and draft relevancy, which we kind of go into a little bit as well. I've I've had people ask me about actually doing more content premium versus premium and that. I know like for us, premiums are usually obvious, but there's a lot of people out there, especially this year, trying to decide between some of the premiums out there. So yeah, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. We like the opinions, but you know, I, I personally like, where's the love, guys? Let's get, get, let's, the super community, super coach community, let's just share the love this year. Um, full disclosure as well, I'm not throwing up all these um, photos and GIFs and, and uh, animations like I did for the other ones because it's like 45, 50 minutes long per episode and that's 18 teams. I do not have the time to go through and adding animations for every single player, for every single team. But um, I will do it in our shorter series when we go back through looking at rookies that we're looking at and interested and probably even my final team. I'll be really keen for that. But um, I think that's it. And even when we talk about some players, it's, you know, we talk about, say, Laird, but we compare him to other players and where he sits in that ranking for us, which is probably why it does take a little bit longer. But I don't know, Chris, don't bring this negativity, man. I've been waiting for a week to see you and speak with you. And you're talking about negative reviews. I have seen nothing negative of the kind <laughs> that affects me so. But um, speaking of effects, Swizz, mate, you've been going a little bit rogue, mate, doing some team comment sections and it's kicking off really well. Yeah, mate, Talk about it. It's been it's been good. So I've got the other one ready to go. Well, we'll be recording it very soon. I've been a little bit out of action this week. Um, but yeah, no, just putting it out there. I know Abdul's kind of been doing similar, but just more rating structures where I've been looking at people's teams. So if anybody wants to send in their team, I'm happy to do a bit of a review and talk about uh, the the different community, what the, the community has out there and their thoughts on that. So yeah, just something a little bit different. Uh, it's also good, uh, you know, the 
the views that we've been getting for our team by team ports. So the uh, the last one, our uh, guest host, I know she's been tracking um, how many likes she's she's been getting over you know when Chris is on the show. So you know, <laughs> it's not it's nice to have you back, Chris, as a you know, as one of our guests. But, um. Thanks, mate. Thanks. <laughs> I, I felt I felt a little bit ripped off. I couldn't get into Essendon quite as much. So people are like, oh Ben, you were really quite kind. But um, I actually have a lot of love for Essendon this year. Um, moving Especially on, though, Will in- Setterfield. <laughs> the goat, Chris comments the goat on everything. Um, anyway, so it has been an interesting week. So obviously I've had a little baby boy, which is why we haven't recorded in the last week. So I've got Yay! another week of paternity leave. So Archer Benjamin is a little boy. He is, uh, yeah, had a massive head on him. Um, but, you know, everything was, um, you yeah, happy, healthy, and it's been really good. So I've just been trying to pick up the slack. And two kids is a lot harder than one, let's put it that way. But, hey, it's a, it's a hey, nice Hey, mate, talk to me when you've got fiver, right? Just, just Hey, you haven't been there, there for the young years, Chris. They can <laughs> at least kind of like eat and dress themselves, mate. Wait until you have to, you know, take care of them 100%. So that's where we are. That's our introduction. Uh, also brought to you by splashvodka.com.au as well. Um, but, look, I'm in a celebrating mood, so I'm actually kind of kicking straight off to the harder stuff now. And I've got a Cotswold. Like it. It's an onto, English onto whiskey. myself. Peter um, cask sixty percent. So that's it. And just a just a little bit of housekeeping, I guess. Um, so I'm a I'm a little bit under the weather. So if I sound shitty, I apologise. I've been sick for the last couple of days, um, and also um, I had some biopsies on my nose. So these guys know. Um, and unfortunately, I've got some skin cancers that have just been diagnosed uh, up here. So uh, for those that are looking at me, going, "What the hell is that on his nose?" That's a stitches. Um, so yeah, we'll get that all sorted. Um, the good news is it's uh, there on the, the, the better side of the, the like the, the best type, I suppose, if you could call it that. Um, and it's just a simple case of just getting them surgically removed. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed and thumbs up and it's all good to go. But, yeah, if you're wondering why I sound and look like crap, that's why. Well, get yourself checked out. I can't speak about how you sound, Chris, but, um, yeah, get yourself checked out like Hugh Jackman, right? So you're just trying to emulate your, your inner Jack. Um, yeah, get yourselves checked out. Now, that is a nice long-winded five-minute combo, which uh, it's nice to get out there with the people. You've been waiting for a week and all of these things. Fremantle Dockers are very much on people's radar. There's quite a lot of moving parts. Speaking of moving parts, let's go through the ins and outs. So they bring in Luke Jackson from Melbourne, brought in Jago Mira from Hawthorne. Corbett came from the Gold Coast, some nice little um, you know, steak knives, if you will. Um, they also brought in, so they drafted like Hugh Davies, pick 33, Draper, Category B rookie, uh, Tom Emmett, number 41 in the draft, Noble, uh, or Noble, probably, uh, with a K, so I'm going to say no, I'm going to say Noble, um, apparently it's definitely, a hard definitely one. Definitely Noble. Nob- yeah, no- Noble's a hard one to read. Um, Liam Reedy, rookie draft, uh, Corey Wagner is, is probably a really important one there, and Conrad Williams, so a couple of uh, rookies or late picks. Uh, Wagner's the interesting one. They actually drafted him at pick 57. So that kind of says that they did definitely want him and have him in mind. They didn't just kind of pick him up as a rookie or wait till that draft. So on the way out, though, Akers has left. So he was definitely on the wing. He is now gone. He's gone to Carlton. Blakey's uh, delisted but picked up by Gold Coast. Crowden delisted. Rory Lobb traded to the Bulldogs, which was a very late trade. So that's going to be interesting for their setup too. Griffin Logue to North. Meek to Hawthorne. Mundy retired. Tucker traded to North Melbourne. And Joel Weston delisted. So, geez, you'd be a bit unlucky to be delisted with all the people going out of that club. <laughs> but there is definitely a lot of change, a lot of moving parts. And it's really good because some of those depth players that were probably fringe best 22 or when fit, you know, best 22, it now sees the like of some of these younger players that were drafted, you know, one or two years ago actually getting a better gig and getting some more time as well, which is why I think a lot of the interest is there. 
plus some of that natural scope for development. So when we have a look there, last year they had 15 wins, 6 losses. They went at 117%, beat Western Bulldogs in the first final, and I can't remember who beat them in the second final. <clears throat> Chris, you should have jumped in. Unlucky. Um, so <laughs> their draw they actually played. It was such an it was such a forgettable game. I actually didn't remember that we played them in the finals. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> they played their final the week before, but um, they played Brisbane twice, Geelong and Hawthorne, Sydney, West Coast, and the Bulldogs. So that's actually a pretty tough playing twice draw when you have Brisbane, Geelong, Sydney, and Bulldogs are all very very uh, good and will challenge. Hawthorne and West Coast are the easy ones. Uh, where they should probably, you know, easily shoot those ones in. Now, the start of the year is very interesting, and I know Chris will be really keen to talk about a specific premium in a second, but they play Saints, North Melbourne, West Coast, and Adelaide for those first four, which I think is extremely juicy because North Melbourne, West Coast, and Adelaide are three of the, let's say, bottom-end teams. And then they play the Suns with the Dogs in Brisbane after that, so a little bit harder for a couple games. And then the Hawks. So when you kind of look at it, and let's say St. Kilda, 50-50, let's be generous, right? The Dogs in Brisbane, difficult, but let's say even, you know, 50-50-ish or whatever. North, West Coast, Adelaide, Suns, Hawks, uh, all five of those games that they should win in those first eight, um, which I think is really good. And they finish off with West Coast, Port, and Hawthorne for the final three. So again, Supercoach finals, if you're playing for those league sort of positions, definitely a really good one to have. Now, round 12 buy, so it does see them as an early buy. Um, and with their draw stacked, I think, early, I think you kind of want to maybe start one rather than hope for the run home, but it's definitely an option to kind of look as an early upgrade if you don't start a Brayshaw or someone and they start firing off. Speaking of Brayshaw, segue, let's go straight into these premium. Brayshaw, um, Chris, why don't you tell everyone why Brayshaw should yeah, be I in mean, everyone's teams as a midfielder? I really like Brayshaw, and if I have that sort of 610K uh, spot in the midfield, that's the guy that I think I would be starting with. Um, and the main reason is that start. Um, so he averaged 123.4 versus bottom eight teams last year. And one of those bottom eight teams was St Kilda where he got 189. That's the that's team that's coming up first. Now, there's a bit of conjecture over how St Kilda go about that this year. And I, I'm not sure. I don't think was Steele back at that point because I know he missed some early games Steele last year, didn't he? So I'm not sure if Steele was playing when uh, Brayshaw went at 189. But, yeah, he, he killed him, absolutely destroyed him. And that was a game that I just went, ah, oh, why didn't I have Andy Brayshaw? Um, I also don't – so for that reason, I also think he kind of prices you out by the time it gets to the buy. So he's a guy that I'd love to have on the back end. But I'm not sure that he – like if you look at their back end run, it's it's not good. It's terrible. Um, so I, I don't think that he's a guy that if you want to bring him in, you bring him in at the buy. I think he's a guy that you start with him and you ride him for the whole year. Um, because I don't think you're going to get value out of him at the buy if you're paying top dollar and premium price for him. Um, so, but I do really like um, Brayshaw. He's obviously got another cog to go. He's likely going, let, let's be honest, he's going to be the captain of that football club. Like, I think that's pretty much guaranteed. Like, I'd be oh, very surprised. Very, very surprised if it's anyone but. Swizz, where do you stand? I reckon um, there's someone else that could probably take it from him. I'm trying to think who you who else you're thinking that's the the obvious choice. I just thought Brayshaw would be the obvious choice in there in the guts. I was thinking of um, a key defender maybe, but anyway, um, uh, should be very, very interesting. And touching on what Chris said, you know, the high average he does have against some of those lower teams is phenomenal. Uh, And then when you combine that, he's actually a very good home player as well. So he only averaged 101.8 in away games, 
but one nineteen point two in home games. So if if they have a good run against weak opponents at home, that's someone I'm definitely looking to get on. On the flip side, let's talk about a couple of negatives, and one's a half negative, half positive. But fifty nine percent of the time, he went a hundred plus or more, which is means four out of ten games he was actually going under a hundred. Which for a premium at that price isn't really great to me. A lot of those paying... were like nineties, ninety five, ninety sixes. They're not still yeah. still a sub ton, but <laughs> only nine only nine percent under eighty. So he does have a really good floor about him. But when he does go over hundred, he converted eight of those over one twenty five. One of those, including, is a one fifty, right? And the awesome thing is as well for Did him. Did you mention that... he's only twenty two? Just is it? He's 23, 23.2, but, uh, but again, and he's actually improving himself against a tag. So he is young, right? And now he's actually had the attention and he's working through it. And he scored, I think, a 95 and a 96 when tagged. Now, albeit that is kind of inflated because I think West Coast maybe gave up at halftime and another team at three-quarter time where he just went and towed up like 50 points in a quarter. But he was very well held for some of it. But he is kind of at least working through it with his fitness and his desire to get to the ball and through those games. So, um for standard, look, I think if you're going to get on him, you have to start him because of that soft draw early on. And he could definitely start off at a 120 average at the start of the year. Um, I think he does. I think he goes like 120, 130 for the start. Like, I, I, I think quite easily. So, that's what I mean. Like, he, if, I think he's value. But there is, I mean, there's at his price range, there's, you know, Cripps who also, you know, the news came out that now um, Walsh is, is certain to miss the first month. So he could go, you know, 120, 130 over the first month. You still got Steele there, who obviously, you know, he's a little bit cheaper. He's got a scope to go that 120, 130. So there's, there's quite Parrish. a few of those. Yeah, and Parrish as well. Um, Parrish is a hot starter as well. Um, and they have quite a, a few softest of those draw. Softest yeah. draw in the world, I think, as well. So I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with that spot, but I think it's an important spot that a lot of people are weighing up. And I don't know where I land with it, but... The other day when I was looking at Brayshaw, it was just like tick, 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 tick. And you've also got natural development. So at the end of the day, all of those guys that I was speak, speaking about, you know, Steele, um, even Parrish to a certain extent, um, and Cripps, you know, they're probably peaked. They're pro- or they're, that's probably where they sit, you know. Brayshaw could have another cog, and we haven't necessarily seen that yet. Now, does that come when Frio start winning again? Because if that's the case, I'm sorry to say I think Frio are going down. And so that's my biggest concern is that they have a soft draw, yeah. But are Frio a better team or are they a worse team this year? Well, I can tell you that he actually averaged three points more in losses than wins. Interesting. um, Which is interesting. However, again, that home factor, it's like a 19-point swing or whatever it is. So he scores a lot more at home, um, which is definitely uh, something to take into consideration. Now, the hardest thing for me, Swiss, before I get to you, the hardest positions at the moment for me to muster, just speaking of the midfield, the M3, M4, yeah. particularly M4 is a hard one to navigate. Now, if Green's at M4, then everything's a little bit easier on that part. But generally speaking, it's like, well, you pick a few and then it's a little bit harder to kind of navigate around that M3, M4 Swiss. Yeah, well, I agree about that regression thing. Um, I think this is Freo setting themselves up long-term. You know, a lot of those guys who were best 22, Akers, Logue, Tucker, um, you know, Mundy, has been doing it for so long. Even Meek was playing quite a lot of footy last year. You know, they're solid footballers, but they've gone, okay, we've got a lot of talent and we'll talk about some of these rookies coming through soon. Um, but they, I think they haven't been disappointed to move some of these fringe guys on, get a, you know, A-grade future superstar in Jackson into the team, let some of these young fellas have an opportunity. It might not happen for them this year, 
But, you know, two, three years' time, we're going to be talking about Freo as a genuine premiership contender, and I think that's where they're at with that. The other thing I don't necessarily like about Brayshaw is uh, because of that sort of 50-50 nearly split between his good scores and his, you know, those 90s, if I'm spending that much money for somebody, I want them to be either a VC or a captain option. Now, the problem with him, he isn't a captain option because you don't know which way you're going to get it. But he would be a great VC option. Unfortunately, Frio because of Frio, play a they games, play right? a lot of late games. You know, their yeah. first three games are Sunday games. Um, so, oh, well, well, one's a Saturday night. But, you know, that it's always – if they started the year Friday, 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 I'd be so much more on Brayshaw then. But, you know, he – No one in Melbourne one is watching Frio on a Friday night, mate. Sorry? No one in Melbourne's <laughs> – no, no one's sitting down on a Friday night in Melbourne to watch Frio. No, now, I think that's it. So that, that, that comment – until. I see that consistency from him where I can go, okay, you become a captain option. I'm looking at maybe three, maybe the fourth premium, but probably three. So that means he's one of them. So I don't personally have the faith that he can be a captain option. I think he'd be awesome to have, um, you know, if you're in a draft or something like that and and you're playing, a, he's playing a weak team because he's going to go massive in those games. But yeah, that that's where it comes down for, for me. Swizz, that comment is so underrated. If you're picking a no, no, but if you're think about it, if you're picking a premium, right, you're pretty much locking yourself out of someone who can be a VC option. Now, if you're only starting three or four premium mids and you don't have faith in them to be a captain playing lots of late games, then they can't be in your team. They just can't. You want to try if you let's say you're going Clary or Laird, and that's my captain, that's your genuine, your top tier player who you can bank in week in and week out. You need to pick some other premiums that play before them predominantly. And with that, Brayshaw, with all the late game Swiss, underrated, mate, because you just you can't pick him. No. I, yeah. I know you can, but as in if you if you stack it up and you play four mids or five mids, you know, or four mids with green or whatever, or four mids and hopper, then maybe yes. But that VC anyway. is another yeah. there's no, another option. Definitely, no, 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 we, is, is we talked about this last year. The only difference between you and I, Benny, in ranking was because how good your captain choices and VC choices were last year. You were, yeah, you were the goat on. of the captain yeah, me, choices I was last year. The complete opposite. And that, and it, it like affected me. And I think, what did we work out? It's like four or 500 points difference and stuff. So it is a big deal when you're, because, you know, yeah, rankings get up. so close. A lot of the super coach community, um, there's nothing much between. And so that's my thing of going. And I still think Brayshaw is a, you know, he's going to have those dominant games. And if you're loading up in the midfield and you're going five deep, then no problems. I think he is great. But if your structure's only maybe three deep, and that, then I'd be looking elsewhere. Yeah, it gets a bit more difficult. And Swiss, that's with um, me. Remember, we watched the Essendon Lions game, and I was like, oh, I could take the 124 from Clary or whatever it is. I'm like, but I'm going to the game. I was like, let's just roll the dice on on uh, Neil, and he got tagged the whole game <laughs> and scraped his way to like a 96, um, which, yeah, we should have taken. Uh, let's move on out of the next sort of premium bracket, guys, because – Let's face it, they do have a few, and particularly a few people worthy of noting. Um, now, we're going to probably pile these next couple together, probably because they're not really standard revenue, but we're, they are premiums, guys. So, um, Sean Darcy is a ruck, 562,000. Luke Ryan, as well, is a defender for 531,000. Um, both of them have played 90 to 95% of the last three years, so as in they are fairly durable, which I find funny about Darcy, considering I wouldn't have expected him to play 90% of games. Maybe because he plays and then gets subbed out injured um, could possibly be a factor. But where do we sit at the moment, particularly because I think there's question marks on both of them uh, for standard, even for draft, as far as the value that they're currently at, I'm not sure that they're getting there. 
Swizz, what do you think first? Swizz, lead, lead on Darcy and then I'll lead on uh, on Luke. But, oh, um, yeah, Chris is the Luke Ryan I was hoping you were going to go that order too. Um, <laughs> yeah, mate, the, there's the one thing with Darcy and that, and it's Luke Jackson's come to town. Um, we've seen him split a little bit with Meek last year. Meek probably playing a bit more forward than what Darcy was. But in everything that we've seen preseason, Jackson seems to be playing midfield, playing ruck. I think they kind of want to lock him down more in another position. Um, but with their sort of now that they've lost Lob, which is one of their main forward options, and there's talk about Nat Fife playing out of the square to sort of cover that. But it wouldn't surprise me more to see what 50 50 split. I think Darcy starts in there, but well, long, you know, long, we were actually hard. said it'll change on any given week. Yeah. So even then there's oh. no guarantee nah. mm. pretty much on matchup, how things Take are going and it can change any given week. The Crazy. only hope we have, and I don't like wishing injuries or something on anybody, but is if Darcy was to start the year playing 50, 50 forward or something like that picks up forward status. And then if Jackson, for whatever reason, you know, injured or suspended or something like that, that's where yeah. Darcy would be like, you know, his ownership would change from 1% to, you know, 30 overnight. But to, to start off with, unfortunately, it's no. You well, know, the, the other issue is, sorry, uh, Chris, on Darcy quickly, 42% of games he went over 100. So basically, that's nearly 6 out of 10 he's going yeah. sub. Mm. 26% under 80, right? But then he goes big when he goes big. So he yeah, goes. He had four scores over one twenty-five, two over one fifty. You want to be there, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, when when he does, you want to be right. Yeah. Same as like Petrucca. He just has this massive ceiling and goes huge, and then kind of peters off a little bit. But with Darcy, it seems to be yeah the whole hog, or you know no hog. So yeah. um, he's a. Yeah, so my thing with Darcy is is that. Let's say it's three quarter time and you want to make a tactical sub. Are you taking off Darcy or taking off Jackson? Taking off Darcy. Darcy, slow. A hundred percent. And I, I said this today. Like you, you would want more run, right? You want more mobility around the ground. You don't want it less than that. <laughs> mm. so Carlton's actually confirmed 100%. your theory, Chris. Carlton has confirmed your theory today, saying that they will start Pitney in the ruck, and De Koning will be probably starting forward, and then De Koning they see as their main ruck. So he'll pretty much, they'll start, yeah. and they've already said that they'll start Pitney and um, De Koning will start forward, and then they'll sub in fresh legs, and then De Koning will ruck. And this is the, the same thing with, say, Cox and Cameron, for those looking at, say, that, is that, you know, they're going to sub off Cox. They're not subbing off Cameron, you know. So, uh, yeah, you just got to be wary of the one that you, you select in those two ruck systems if you're going that way. But I just Did can't you say see Darcy. Subbing, subbing off Cox, or it's a, bit, <laughs> yeah. it's a bit hard to hear. I love to sub off Cox, you know. Um, so no, but I, yeah, you got to be careful in these two ruck systems. And I think that Darcy is an absolutely no go at all. Like not, not even a starting option in the realm of starting. Hmm. Um, so yeah, for those that are looking to start him, I'm sorry to say, but that's just a really bad choice. It's really, really Okay. And Luke Ryan, Mm -hmm. your favorite man for 531k? Luke Ryan. So, I mean, what we know from Luke Ryan is that, um, his scores are propped up by his kickouts. So the, the big conjecture over this preseason has been who is going to be taking most of the kickouts. I still think he will take the majority, but there's obviously Hayden Young that's come through and they, they're giving him the duty. So what we noticed in the intra-clubs was Hayden Young was doing kickouts on one end and Luke Bryan's playing on the opposite team and he's taking kickouts on the other. So it's like, okay, well, that doesn't give us any information. So really what we need to see in the preseason is, is Hayden Young now the designated kickout taker? And if so... Luke Ryan is not an option anymore. He's literally just absolutely not worth talking about. Um, if if Hayden Young is, 
then he's very much an option. But the thing with um, Frigo's Sorry, setup. Chris, Ryan had the biggest monopoly, 136 kickouts, and then second was Cox, which is very interesting, and Young had 24 for the season. So for me, Cox, if, if, even if Young and Cox flip and, and Young becomes the second most, I think there's still a lot of upside in Young. But that's a big monopoly. That's 136 to, say, 70 for the yeah. rest of the whole team all year. And that's, so that's what I mean. One. Like, so his scores, like, even though we, I think he ended up averaging close to 95 or something like that. Like, what did he end up averaging? Close to 100, it would have been. Uh, 96.5. Yeah. So how much of that is from kickouts? 20%, you know? So if he gets that, you know, if that deducts or changes substantially, then his scoring is going to plummet. So I just don't think he's an option. But just in saying... Um, how they structured up last year behind the ball, and I don't think that changes because I think this was a highlight of their football, um, was that Luke Ryan would be – they set up a wall of three. So they set up Luke Ryan in the central position and then Hayden Young and then Chapman on either side of him. So basically what that happened is a hack kick comes out from the pressure on the mid, on the on the, the play up ahead. If it's towards the wing on one side, it might be Hayden Young wing. He's the, he's the one there to take that intercept position. If it's central, then it's Luke Ryan. And if it's to the left, it's Heath Chapman. So on any given week, depending on how the opposition are trying to play and which direction they're trying to go, will depend on the scores that those guys... And that's why they all sort of averaged well, but not really awesome. So Chapman went all right. I think he averaged like 87. He, uh, Hayden Young also averaged, what, low 90s or 89 yep. or something like that. Yeah, 90. Um, and then Luke Ryan went 96. So that buffers probably all the kickouts, right? So they're all not premiums. If that continues, if the status quo stays the same, I don't think any of them are actually. And when I say premiums, I'm talking about there's five guys last year that averaged 110, right? So let's say 105 plus is a, is a top six. I don't think any of those guys are making 105 plus this year. No, they're, um, yeah, they'd be good for you in your draft team on that if you can pick them up, especially if you somehow can snag one at D2. Um, but yeah. yeah, they're, um, yeah, young, Unless, and, young, I mean, and young's very much in the it. same discussion yeah. as Ryan and that, because I think even if they're a little bit worse, potentially Ryan, we know he can probably go a hundred young, you know, just natural development, more intercept marks, more game time probably goes a hundred, but you know, it's a, it's a seven to eight point improvement at best and that, yeah. and I, you know, there's other options around that, that, you know, that's who like, you know, it, it's young versus Dacos. That's the argument right there. Who's got the more well, upside? Let's, let's get in. Let's or, get into the breakout. Or Ridley or Redmond. Redmond yeah, you know? yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. So it's, it's, I really like the, him as a player, um, and potentially, you know, down the track, you know, he might have that year where it's it's going to be one ten. I think everyone's looking at the thinking too much in the upside, and not saying okay, um, what's where's the extra points going to really come from? So. Think, well, usually yeah, it comes from role changes or something yeah, like, or right. tactical change. Yeah, and so far I haven't seen that. So so far, nada. But that's and usually, usually we announce that we're moving categories into breakouts because we're no longer talking about a premium. But anyway, that's just what's <laughs> happening with the format. Well, no, dude, a lot uh, of people are starting. Young, hate, for, yeah, people I know. As a premium, okay. Well. Okay, fair enough. I didn't have him as a premium, but again, Hayden Young, defender, five hundred eight thousand. Cuff to Ryan in this chat. Because absolutely, yeah, yeah, I know, but some, yeah, at least a price or something would be. Oh, man, he's over five hundred k as a defender in ten percent of teams. I don't know what more you want as a premium. Just an announcement. 
<laughs> For some structure, boys, it's a bit of um. All right, get up, put up the gift. Oh wait, no, he's not doing that anymore. No, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing everything. I'm pretty. I'm like a single mom. I wash and dry. Um. Okay, so with Young, um, Longmuir did say he's taking the massive step forward as half back, so he can win the ball in one on one, but also distribute it well. Uh, it does come again a little bit more kickouts. Can he get that ten percent more? But again, with you boys, I'm sort of seeing me. It's kind of sits even with natural development. Um, a better floor as well because he only hit 100 in 30% of his games. So 7 out of 10 wasn't 100. So uh, has a great ceiling when he gets there, right? Had two scores over 125. But I'm looking at, okay, well, those extra kickouts, can he increase his floor? Can he get some more consistent scores to then really improve that base? And I see him around that probably 100 mark as well. And for me, and this is it's exactly a what gap. I'm saying. Like often you'll see, this is what I noticed in the scoring, is that often you'll see one of those three went huge and that's because they kept peppering that side from the opposition, right? There's one game I remember, I was, I was, I was watching Luke Ryan intensely and I'm like, I needed him to get like a 90. All I needed was a 90 and he ended up on 75, by the way. And he, Chapman, got like 136. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Why they keep kicking? They just kept going down. That that was just the the opposition tact was they wanted to go down that side. Okay, cool. He, he was just sitting there, just getting uncontested ball the whole game. It was so annoying. Um, but yeah, that just seems to be the way. So depending on every game, will depend on what the score is, and that that's going to vary on the opposition. That's not on Hayden Young. Yeah. Hayden Young is just going to be in that same spot. He's not changing because I've watched He's them not floating. Uh- I watched them at uh, Marvel against the Bombers because obviously we don't get to see Freo as much as, and you guys definitely not, but you know, I probably get to see them a couple of times a year. I saw them against us um, and it was the same same story against us. I think he did nothing. Hayden Young, for example, did nothing against the Bombers um, that in the game, but I think he absolutely dominated the Richmond game. I'm just double checking that. Yeah, he got a 139. Um and that, again, it's because of the leading patterns. Um, I think the Bombers like to play, I'm trying to think the geography, but they the kind of more northern um, wing side of things where Richmond were coming through more the centre and the southern wing. And just because of the leading patterns where Lynch and Rewalt were lead, or I think maybe even might have been Cumberland that night. Um, so, yeah, as you said, it's got nothing to do with a freer setup. They keep that same setup and just depends on how the teams play each particular ground. Um, will be the one who's, you know, going big that night. And for that reason, it's just a no for me. Like, I don't want it's his scoring is reliant on how the other team attack. That's weird, man. I don't like yeah. that. The the one benefit though, Chris, is if you do expect them to lose more games, he does average eleven points more in losses, just based on the sheer numbers. I imagine in that back line, probably mm. like most defenders, to yeah. be honest. But yeah. um, that's <laughs> the ball goes down there, you're going to get more points. Yeah, although um, did Witherden get lots of points at West Coast when the ball Fuck was there, Chris? Fucking sitting there, seagull around. There's no cheap ball around here. I'm going to go to the other side of the ball. Triggered, triggered. Okay, so let's go to a genuine breakout then. Someone who people are possibly optimistic about. I don't see the relevancy for standard, but hey, if it's your deal, it's your deal. Sarong, uh, 498,000, borderline premium, hitting that 90.6 average. Uh, only one square of 125, boys. I am a little bit concerned about his ceiling, and I don't know. You know, he might get some more Mondays out, so some more CBAs and the rest of it. But can he kind of push into that sort of top tier bracket, or where would you be selecting him in draft? Because at 90.6, is there enough meat on the bone to interest you, boys? Well, I mean, unfortunately, Sarong seems to be the designated tagger at the moment, um, and that seems to be his downfall. Now, is that Ooh, sometimes? Aish. 
Nah, oh yeah, that, that yeah. he has he has done some tagging, but inside I'm talking about. Um, and so he's the de- sort of defensive side midfielder, right? And what that unfortunately means for him, sometimes that's just a year. So I'm actually looking at someone like a Matt Rowe, for example, who did a lot of that defensive work last year. And I'm thinking, okay, is that going to not be him this year? Is that, he did, had that year of you know defensive mindset, uh, two-way running, that, that that's what the coach wants. And now he's going to go out and flourish? Because that could be it. But I haven't seen it yet. And I don't know what he's going to be used as. And so it's too hard to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go Sarong because no reason. Like there's no like he's not gonna he's getting enough CBAs as it is to score well, isn't he? So that's not necessarily the issue. The issue is the role that he's playing when he's playing inside. So yeah, I'm he's not going to be their number one. And people compare him to Lockie Neal at a young age, and I guess that could be almost true in that he's kind of now in Brayshaw's shadow. So Brayshaw's the main guy. He's the guy that they're gonna look to get the ball in the hands of. And Sarong's probably never going to be that, maybe unless he goes to a different club and then becomes the number one guy like Neil did. So, yeah, it's, to me, it's, it's a no-go zone for, at all. But I, in draft value, sure. But, yeah. 100 plus maybe in draft. Um, Sarong, though, 66% of CBA, so you're kind of right in that aspect. Uh, I will handcuff him with James Ace just because we won't talk about him. Otherwise, I don't even think he's draft relevant unless you need someone who probably go 80 plus um, simply because of... Some comments that were made. Um, he did do some run with rolls. I think he tagged Clary after halftime on one and was really quite promising. And funnily enough, he's actually been tipped to spend some time more inside rather than outside uh, or in defense, which he has done uh, previously. Uh, so it could be caution for some other mids in the comp because um, I find it interesting. Was on the wing, came inside, but they tipping him to get some more inside midtime boys. And that, I think that frees up probably two wings, to be honest. If Akers is gone... And Asia is probably going more inside. Then I think that could open up a couple of spots for people on the outside. Yeah, I, I think the where you get more onto those wing roles is yeah. I think some of the draft relevance or potential um, more expensive rookie, um, because as you said, I think there's opportunities now for some of these young fellows to, you know, cement a spot, and that's where I think Freo are this year, and they're just going to give games set up their system for the next you know three four years. And and I definitely think, yeah, that rookie chat is going to be um, something worthwhile. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's actually there's quite definitely... a lot of interesting rookies here. At, at there Trump. is. I think I've got about five maybe that are possibly mm. worthy. Um, Nat Fife, let's go into mid prices. So Nat Fife is a forward mid, 313,000, quite highly owned at the moment. It's a very... Not contentious, but definitely one where people sort of sit either side on the fence or kind of hopping on the fence, waiting for yeah, waiting for a spark to come. Because he, at his best, he is very, very damaging, right? At his best, he is an extremely good contested player that can hit the scoreboard on his day if he kicks accurately. But it's very interesting. I listened to an interview on him the other day where he spoke about you know the captaincy and his role, and he was on some podcast. And pretty much he said he had to change his mindset and kind of let go of the player that he was to become the player that he will be, which I thought was extremely interesting because he is playing forward, right? The coach said, oh, well, he knows how to play mid, so if we need him, we can you know throw him through the midfield a little bit and the rest of it. But I think they're kind of trying to set up the new system going forward. Now, 
if he gets some midfield time, 30%, I think he could still kind of maybe get close to 90 or 100 and maybe be worth it at that price, right? It's definitely tempting. But he's been training forward, spent a lot of his match sim and intra-club forward, and he pretty much spoke about he's dropped some kilos, he's trying to learn all of the forward craft all over again, getting told where to go in the leading patterns and learning all of this stuff. And he pretty much says like he, he might fail and learn in order to kind of become that player for the future. So that kind of concerns me a little bit because when they did the intra-club, the reason he was forward so long is I think they tried to get him in the midfield and he's like, no, no, I need to go forward because he knows he needs to work at that craft and he actually kind of pushed himself into the forward line to get some more practice. So that kind of flags a little bit of a, a red caution for me uh, as far as, yeah, he's been working, he's kicking, great, but it does provide a few question marks where he's not sure and he's going to probably figure it out as he goes. Um that's the caution side. The benefit is definitely the early start to the year because if you can kick some goals, boys, it's definitely going to be against like North Melbourne, West Coast and the rest of it. So he could start off well. Um, yeah, mate. Now he's in 38% and it really should be below 10. If we, if Freo right now were, you know, a year further in the development of these young fellas and that, and you could see them going, okay, Nat, Nat, we need you to you know jump into the midfield to help us win some of these games and make sure, um, you know, um, we're, we're getting those four points. Then hundred percent. But yeah, first game of the year, I'd be shocked if you know that one player who's got to be in the square when the ball bounces um, for the uh, in the forward square. I think that'll be him leading out. Um, I think you know, at thirty-one years old, they're sitting there going, "Okay, it's not this year." Yeah, perfect world for Frio, and it's not that you ever drop a year. It wouldn't surprise me, you know, if they could finish that little bit lower, get the softer draw next year, and then with not just these young fellas, but somebody like Fife who's picked up more forward craft, but then then has the ability, you know, to get up the ground further when they need him. Um, I think that's more the interesting one. So, um, yeah, I, I had him in my team to start off with, and then once I sort of saw the roles and as you were talking about what they've talked about for him, um, yeah, I've just I don't want to go anywhere near him. Yeah, I don't need to add to that. Um, I'm not interested at all in any way, shape, or form. There are better mid prices if you're looking for one. In the mid, don't in the say Zebel. There's there's also better rookies. <laughs> look, look how the source was his face. Don't say Zebel. He's like, what do you mean? He's in both of our teams. <laughs> no, he's, really, he's not. Oh. He's not absolutely. He's actually, he's absolutely Zeeble, in my team. Zebel is a premium for 350k. Let's go. Zeeble's and you come up saying like I'm like he's not going to go over ninety, and you're like yeah, let's go with that, let's make a bet. And I was just like, and I was like, okay. And then we, we, you, we're you, in for that. You bet, ghosted. Right? You ghosted. Uh, you ghosted. You didn't even say yes. I confirmed. Oh no, no, I was no, like, no. Hey, I'll say yes. Terms. No, oh, sorry. I just thought we we're going to do a live okay, stream. Okay, right. All right. Yeah, I'm enough, in for that. Enough. Yeah, Zeeble, uh under ninety, so eighty nine point nine and below is me because he is not going over ninety in that team. There's so many other defensive options there, mate. I'll you let you two fight that out because I'm not actually that big of a fan of Zeeble, but thank you. I think. But he's better, than, 17, he's better than five. Swiss, I've got a seventeen-point buffer on a full twenty-one games from a year ago. Like I'm, I'm like that's a that's a great bet. I'm so uh, how many games are we saying for him? Because he is no, injury prone. Twelve. Twelve. It's got to be twelve. Now good that's good a twenty-four day. round season or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, uh, hang on. So twelve is now halfway. So thirteen should be. No, the, no, no, no. Uh, twelve is twelve is exactly halfway. Don't they? Play oh, that's right. Because they play twenty-three. Yeah, yeah. So eleven's right, right, right. not, but twelve's over. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. That's that's much better than my bet with Swizz. Um, <laughs> oh, and, and full disclosure, because we we did get pulled up by Emma. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't um yeah we, I don't really do 
gambling, right? So generally nah, speaking, no, I, um, I don't think any of us really do. Honestly, oh, we play thing. poker. We play poker against each other, and every like a couple of times a year, maybe at the moment because we're getting old. But um, oh, got, and even then, maybe grand final the day, half. grand final Melbourne Cup, I might. But generally, I just don't bet. No, the and other half. You, me up you boys, that, I'm like, okay, gives it a bit of fun because about all my draft stars and stuff like I'm happy actually to do a separate pod if people want to me to talk draft stars and things like that or not to try to give um some of those other companies you know free publicity but yeah no I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm way more into that sort of stuff than what yeah. you guys are I think for I think for us it's more like where it's this friendly banter between mates yeah because yeah, like yeah. I was saying like I said to M is that we, when when we have a, this bet right it's not really a bet per se because we end up buying a bottle and drinking it together. It's not like it's it's like actually okay, I think I last bottle, time but... I owed you, but you ended up. I'm like, well, I can either give you a fifty dollar bottle, which probably won't be exactly. great, or you can come and take like shots and actually have exactly. some samples on, of on some actual expensive on expensive yeah. whiskey, and you'll get your money worth that way. So. And it was and it was on Grand Final Day with the lads get together and like you know it's it's a social thing. It's not like a uh, we never do it as actual like money or anything like no. that. It's it's always and a social thing. I don't so, mind losing fifty dollars to a friend to, instead to a of to a to a yeah. company or something. I hate that. That just doesn't. I don't uh, like it. Or oh, if you go to the look, casino, you've got your little bit of money, and someone's like, "Oh, all in," and you're like, "Do I really like my hand for two hundred bucks?" I just, yeah, not for me. Anyway, but um, anyway, let's move on. Yeah, more so responsibly, I, I suppose it's probably I've the, the ultimate there, thing. Yeah. There. So anyway, yeah, Swizz yeah. and Chris both think Zebul is better than that five for a similar price point. I think Zebul is about thirty-seven thousand more. Um, I, I'm still possibly tempted. It's probably by five. about 37 points more per game as well. Just so you know. <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I'm possibly tempted. It's funny because you say 37 points. That's how much less five average last year than the year before. So, oh really? So there you go. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Um, interesting. So, I, look, I could be tempted. He's a great player, but again, do watch with caution, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of caution, let's go into a few rookies here. Now, yeah, I'm going to start good. on the higher end because there's two that are a little bit more expensive. And they're ones to maybe monitor, but I wouldn't be jumping early to kind of jump in. Now, apparently, Neil Erasmus is $230,000 as a mid. Apparently, looks really great. He was a high draft pick. He's been looking really good in the preseason and definitely one to monitor because... He's going to get games early, man. He will get games. But again, it's an awkward price. price, yeah. And what's his role? I think he probably plays too much outside to warrant. But they... So in the match sim, they basically were playing... You know that the primary mids against yeah Erasmus uh, Johnson um, and these guys in there. So like, I'm not sure if he's in the team. Is he getting CBAs or is he just playing on a wing or is he playing half forward? Like, what's his role? What's his output? Is it enough for warrant that two hundred thirty thousand price tag? I think eventually he's that inside mid, but he's not like your normal inside ball. Like 190 centimeters is perfect to be in there but he's still sort of that 80, 82 Ks. So I think he's still got to put a little bit more meat in the bone, a couple, you know, pre-seasons in the gym. Um, so, you know, he's not going to get pushed off the ball as much and, and stuff. I, I can see him eventually being part of that midfield group, but, you know, it's they, they've got options to rotate through there at the moment. So I think he'll get opportunities, but it's not, a you know, we, he's going to be, anno- I think, you know, next year he's going to be that annoying price. He's probably going to be like 360, 373, 80, something like that. And we're going to like, oh yeah, Erasmus is going to be you know, in that midfield now. <laughs> but it's, it's not this year. See, now when we talk about role, there is a key difference, right? So if someone's a pure midfielder, their first string, Okay, so like Dom Sheed was first string as far as the midfield rotation, right? So Parish Merritt, first string rotation. Then you have the others that might come in and they, they still get CBAs, but they're kind of second tier. They don't go – it's not their first choice. 
but you still need more people to kind of have a second tier or a third tier to get some CBAs as a blend, right? Now, the same thing happens with, so Resumus, if you, him and Johnson, it's like, cool. Someone watches that game going, oh, they had pure, all these CBAs. And it happened with Perkins for Essendon. Pure CBAs, pure midfield, 100% on baller. It's like, okay, well, that was for the second team. And he was playing against, like, Perkins was up against Merritt, Parrish, and Settlefield. So that doesn't really light up the world for me. I'm not saying he's a pure CBA midfielder because he was playing against the top tier. So then it's like, okay, well, yeah, so then he'll go half forward. Correct. So it's not as appealing. So same as Erasmus. If he's second or third tier, it's like, yes, you're getting some CBAs, which is good, but then it's going to complement and maybe give you a little bit of a better floor on top of your other role. And that's what we're sort of talking about. So like Johnson, is he, you know, second string? Then that's not too bad. Elliot Yeo was, I think, first string that went to defense. So again, you know, quite promising for that. So With Johnson, though, the, the difference is that he's 100K cheaper. Very much so, yes. And so, then Perkins is 300 odd. So there's a lot of risk for people who aren't a pure mid around that 300 or 250 to $300,000 price point. Um, yeah. Can we come to the same thing with I think Finn Carrigan's the same, I, I, I guess. Well, I, we're probably skipping ahead and I won't touch too much on that now. Yep. Yeah, same boat with heaps. Sorry, Swiss. I was saying, can we talk about Johnson now? Because I think they both loop, uh, you know, are in with each other. Very much so. Yep. No. Yep. Okay. So Johnson, $123,000 midfielder. Uh, he was rated to be playing in top 22 last year and then had, I think, an injury and then a little bit of a setback and then, yeah, played some other, you know, games. So I think he averaged 85 in the waffle. So he's not someone who, you know, not expecting to average, you know, 100 super coach points or anything like that. But, uh, he is impressing on the track and in match sim as well. Uh, was picked 21, I think, the year before. 192 centimetres as well. Can win it inside and outside. Uh, I like him as a bench option. I'm not going to put him on field, but as in a bench option, I think he's got a lot of promise and best 22. Swizz? Yeah, mate. I, and this is the thing. I think they're both kind of nearly fighting for that similar spot, but I think Johnson's uh, you know, he's been in the system a little bit longer, um, and I think he's... Yeah, I can see there is a world where they'll, um, in the future, where they'll line up together in that midfield. But I think, yeah, Johnson, he he can play a little bit more forward. But, yeah, ball in hand, big body, looks good. Um, I can see him start. It would not surprise me round one. It's Brayshaw, Sarong, Johnson in there. Now, I think it's more likely Johnson either comes off from the half forward flank and rotates in there at some point or comes off the bench. But I think they'll want to get Johnson first crack because just that little bit more, because we talk about being in the system, just that I feel yeah. like a little bit longer. Johnson also benefits from the fact that Brody's never going to get 80% CBAs, right? Because he just can't, his, his tank just will not allow it. Um, I, I personally, I think that he's the number one bench option of the year, but we will obviously wait to see what happens. Mm-hmm. But so far in this preseason, he looks to be the best bench option in your midfield. Um, and I can't see any reason why I wouldn't have him there at this point. I don't no, think I've had a team with him. Someone's going to pull that out for me because um, I know Erasmus went earlier in the draft and was technically the, the higher quality player. And they actually have been in the same system the same long, so I apologize for that. But it's, um, yeah, I just feel like, uh, yeah, they're, they're, in a way they're kind of, you're right, Chris, There's, um, they're yeah. kind of similar in a way, but... Um, I just, yeah, I feel like Johnson's just that little bit better classier with ball in hand at the moment. And and everything you're reading preseason seems to be he's ahead of what are like Erasmus in, in that sort of role around the midfield where, as we talked about before, Erasmus probably might get a little bit more outside. Yeah, and we, and we said about Will Brody because of that tank, he's going to get opportunities. Yeah, well, there's wing, there's right, wing spots does. there, and I, I do think that, yes, that can I Erasmus touch in? can get, yes. 
So okay. Rasmus possibly on the wing. The other one with the wing spot, I think, is definitely highly spoken about, and I think it's his. To be honest, boys, is Liam Henry two hundred thousand. Um, training on the wing, put on some size as well. I think I saw a photo of him in the preseason doing some boxing and stuff. And I was like, who the hell's this guy? Mm. And when it was Henry, I was like, holy crap, I remember Henry as this real skinny kind of forward guy. Put on some kilos. Akers is gone. If um, Aisha's going inside as well. I think that wing is his. He's fast enough. And I also think, because I think he's coming out of contract, Melbourne are talking about trying to lure Henry to Melbourne because he's awesome uh, friends with Pickett, uh, Cosy Pickett. So I think they're kind of... Trying to Pickett, lure him across. Pickett's going west, man. That's happening. No, but if they can get the, his best friend across. You're 100%. There was some no rumors way. about this trade period. They that get his best friend. They And I don't know if it was Frio just trying to put the rocket up Liam Henry, but there were some rumors coming out about Henry possibly. I don't know if it was just interest or Frio maybe looking at their options and stuff like that. Maybe it was needing to get the Jackson deal done and maybe that's where the link was. Um, you know, do we offload Henry to help get Jackson? But definitely um, there was some talk about it. Um, and then, as you said, since then, he's had the preseason of his life. And, and we've seen this before, players out of contract, as highly touted as he is, and I think he was one of the uh, was it the, the academy players, um, bitted on him, still went top 10. You know, they immense talent. But, yeah, moving out acres is definitely that role for him. And it's somebody, especially when it comes to, I think as a, one of the last pickups in draft, I'll be definitely hunting him because, you know, nobody's going to be talking about him. But even at 210, no, was he 202? 200, 200,300 dollars. He's in that discussion with me for like that Oscar Allen or versus sort of maybe Ben Ben King. Like, do I go up to Henry or if I have Allen, do I go down to a, to, to Liam Henry? So I can't, I do like the role. I want to see it in preseason. If he plays both games on that wing. Um, and yeah, scores that, well. I think that F4, F5, depending on how I go. Um, I'm I'm really I really like him, and no one has him. No one has him. Like one percent have actually people. kind of looked at him, and at his price as a wing, right? And you know Freeman will like to kind of move it. So imagine you know Young kicking a bullet to Henry on the move, and he's you know quick and agile on the rest of it. I think there's definitely some scope there. Now again, I haven't put him in my team, you know specifically, but I am watching to see what he does through that preseason. He's a hundred percent a watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now let's go for, I'm going to go for a loose one here, boys. Um, now Sam Sturt, $123,000 forward only because, you know, with Lob gone and the rest of it, I know, um, I just can't see him starting with Fife now. I I actually was real, real hot on him beforehand. Who's the the tall ends though? So you got, um, what Corbett who came from Gold Coast, maybe is he depth though? You got Tracy, um, Corbett was was the VFL goal kicker of the year, isn't he? He won the, he, he won the, had the most goals and he kicked a, Shitload of goals in the VFL, didn't he? You got what to think Jaya Miss is playing more games this year. Do you, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Fair enough. I guess Jaya Miss probably overtakes. Dude, yeah. I, I, I can't see Sturt unless they he probably, changes roles. Probably delisted. I think they gave him a one year contract. I just thought maybe they might try. Well, and you got, well I mean, Five's got one year in him. In between, but I think, yeah, I, I guess it's, you know, in case of breaking glass. You know, if, now, like, because we know a miss went down last year. Um, so maybe there, if you know they got an injury to him and was at Tabernacle, you know they might have to look at some options around he, that. He but, went to miss. Yeah, yeah, but I can't see I can't see him starting with the yeah. with the amount. He's one eighty nine too, so it's the same as Corbett. Like Corbett's what one ninety one ninety one. So yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I think Corbett's getting first crack if they are going to start either of them. They, I don't think there's no way they would have traded for Corbett without. Like, right. They know exactly what they're getting with Corbett. Yeah. 
So they don't need to worry about that. Depth. Um, um, Wagner, the last one, defender mid. Uh, we already spoke about him briefly. They drafted him uh, later in the draft, like pick 59 or something or other. Has played for North Indies before. However, he didn't impress at halfback for Port Melbourne. Averaged 105 in the VFL. Now, he's someone that could cement his spot there. However, he did have a little bit of a hamstring issue uh, and he's on his way back to working with the full squad soon, I believe. So someone to watch. Um, I don't mind having him, uh, even Chessa. I'm going to put him in the same boat as him. Now, Wagner's, I think, a little bit cheaper, but similarly, you know, Chessa, if I'm saying that right, from West Coast is, I don't mind one of those in the midfield, even because there's so many defensive rookies. I don't mind trying to keep your options open and have a one of these players as a defensive mid in your midfield to at least allow you to um, bring a Jinnaby or someone you know from your defensive line into your midfield if you Go need to some extra backup. Jinnaby, yeah, um, yeah. Dockers might get your mid status. Sinclair's got mid status. Dawson's got mid status. Correct. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot of these premiums that you'd be able to switch around, and I do also like that, and that's how I'm structured at the moment. I do have a, a mid defender, and, and that outside of Johnson, there's not a huge amount of midfields alone. Outside of say oh, Hewitt, I'm who gonna, you I'll may play on your bench, Benny, I'll argue that. But I've actually taken both out just because Chester played one quarter today as they're easing him back from injury, and Wagner, oh, yeah. obviously easing him back from hamstring injury. If, if until Wagner had that hamstring injury, he was lock and loaded for that round one um, back pocket. See him, see him they were coming off the bench. Um, yeah, they really like him, and we talked about how. Um, much of the points those free players get. So, um, yeah, the hope is he gets, you know, over it. But I don't think he – I don't know if he's going to start round one. He probably becomes a downgrade option for us. It just depends, I guess, how that hamstring comes along. And he's kind of been fighting with, I think, Nathan Wilson for that other spot. And Wilson's been car- carrying an injury as well. So, um, unfortunately, a couple he of He always carries players, an injury, mate. He, he does. It's, so, it's, that's why I think Wagner gets his <laughs> opportunity at some point. But – um, Wilson's yeah, about I, to retire, be on an island all by himself. Yeah, I had them waiting. in. I can't fit them in now with my 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 team with the amount of midfielders actually available. And that, that was a castaway joke, Chris. Yeah. Um, Fair enough, Wilson. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it's interesting anyway. Now, as in Chester, I, I am aware they're talking about him possibly playing round one, but there's no rush for him. Um, I'm surprised that he even played some game time, to be honest, which says he's probably a little bit closer than I was expecting. Um, and Wagner just, again, is that play setup because outside in that midfield, outside of, say, Johnson, like Sharp, I don't think is best 22. He's probably the best sub Brisbane will ever have, someone who can come on and just run, 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 you know, three-minute Ks or whatever all day, every day. Um, there's a lot of risk, a lot of those other players. Outside of, say, Hewitt's, if you want to start a $150,000 yeah, player on mine. your bench. I love how we're talking about all these West Coast players on the Freo pod, but Hewitt, Oscar, <laughs> Oscar, Oscar That's because Baker. the West Coast pod's not for like two Oscar, weeks. Oscar guys. Baker from the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's fine. It's ages away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baker. Well, Baker. So, yeah, Baker. there are some Baker's options. Baker's delight. But yeah, back on Freo, mate, because you're going to really annoy their supporters here. Too much West ah, Coast. It's ball. fine. That's, aren't they the same thing, no, basically? <laughs> Tying them hand in hand, you're talking about you're talking about wow. Wagner as a as a defensive option. Anyway, they're like they're like they're like twenty k's away from each other, really. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> yeah, they're like um, they're like smoke smoke and a pancake. No, all right, pipe Um, finish off with draft. This is a longer Fremantle. It's all right. Don't worry, Fremantle supporters. West Coast will be a fifteen minute segment uh, unless I get stuck talking about Chesser and everyone else. Um. Remember that time we now. had the North podcast and we yeah. went for like I think it was 15 minutes. minutes flat, wasn't it? 17 minutes? 
So we're like, okay, so this team has no draft relevance, no standard relevance, no nothing. This team sucks. Move on. It's like 17 minutes. <laughs> Probably only three minutes of content. Classic <laughs> North. Oh, they, they'll get more cut this year. Don't worry. Um, yeah. Speaking of draft though, so, you know, look, Clark uh, averaged, I think, 87 for the year. I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't even be jumping at the bite for him. I'd, 80 flat, I'd probably get him in draft. Uh, Umira, 85. I don't know if there's much upside maybe to Umira. If he plays uh, pure mid, maybe. And Jackson is probably the other one there, guys, as far as... I was, um, I'm was. i surprised by the Umira trade, to be honest. I, like, what, what is that? This team's rebuilt, like, building. Like, why are they getting someone like Umira? What 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 yeah, benefit? Actually, I should, we should, to, to we, we've talked all about, you know, the, like the Johnson and Rasmus. Oh, they'll get their opportunity. And I've completely forgot about, you know, Umira joining them because it's like, why? It just makes no sense. But, yeah, I guess first bounce, yeah, I take that back. Brayshaw, Sarong, Amira in that midfield of that. It's just Bro, Bro, Will Brody coming off the bench. Like, it's how is it not? But it just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just... Uh, interesting. Oh, Mira's a good player, but just doesn't make. Is he though? Yeah, if you want to draft one, um, maybe Nathan is, O'Driscoll. Is, no, no, that's a serious is question. Is Amira a good player? Because I, I just never seen it. Have you seen him be, be a good player? I've seen yeah, him early at Gold Coast. I think he went yeah, nuts, didn't he? Definitely seen him in patches. He went. Yeah, he had a, he had a five game stretch there. I'm sure he's a great player. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, boys. He's not Harley Bennell. I'm sure he'll do much better things at Fremantle. Anyway, I'm I think that probably wraps us up. Am I right? I yeah, think that does. Yeah. We need to it's move on from Fremantle. Um, it's, look, it's our first one back after a week, so yeah, bear with us. Um, that's it from us. We'll talk to you next time. I don't even know who's next. Start with the G's. Get with the homies. That's it. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. Bye.